This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. Ohio poet Sarah Moore Wagner's poetry book, Hillbilly Madonna, rivals J.D. Vance's Hillbilly Elegy for its insight into the hope and resilient experience of Appalachian women. People can be broken and still be holy and pure. And, you know, that there it's not that sort of strong um, opposite thing that's often put on women in particular. That story and more this West Virginia morning. Communities across West Virginia are anxious to ramp up their tear down projects of abandoned and dilapidated structures. Randy Yowie has more. Mercer County is one of 21 municipalities getting a total of more than $9 million in grant funding for bad structure demolition. Mercer County Commission President Gene Buckner says the $1.5 million they're receiving complements the nearly $2 million going to Mercer City's Bluefield in Princeton. He says with 800 to 1,000 properties needing raised, the three entities are working together to set priorities, with the growing southern West Virginia tourism industry topping the to-do list. What is being seen when tourists come to the county, we try to get the main corridors first. It makes a big difference when people come from out of state. Buckner says dilapidated structures are a statewide blight, and the more we all work to tear down old and rebuild new, the more prosperity the state will see. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Randy Yoey. The state is rolling out a fleet of minivans to help seniors get around. Amelia Nicely has more. Seniors in some of the state's rural areas will soon have more transportation options. After the West Virginia Department of Transportation purchased eight handicapped accessible minivans, the vehicles, which cost $64,000, will go to local agencies around the state helping seniors. John Caldwell with the Division of Public Transit said the money came through the federal 5310 program, which helps seniors with transportation issues. Unfortunately, some of them don't have people to help them take them places. Uh, they need to go to the grocery store. They need to go to the doctor. They need to get their medications and so forth. So they don't have people to come and help them. Several of the communities receiving these minivans don't have access to public transportation or ride-sharing services. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Amelia Nicely. You can find a list of agencies receiving a van on our website, wvpublic.org. The state stands to benefit from another $10 million in federal funding. As Chris Schultz reports, the money will support community health initiatives. Senators Joe Manchin and Shelley Moore Capito announced $5 million Monday for the New River Health Association in Fayette County. The money will go towards combining and expanding New River services in one large medical complex in the former Oak Hill Kmart. On Friday, the Senators also announced close to $5 million for the Marshall University Center of Excellence for Recovery to support its efforts to help West Virginians suffering from substance use disorder or behavioral health issues. Both projects are funded through congressionally directed spending requests, better known as earmarks, that allow state and local governments, nonprofits, and other public entities to apply for targeted funding for projects. For West Virginia Public Broadcasting, I'm Chris Schultz in Morgantown. The Allegheny Front, based in Pittsburgh, is a public radio program about environmental issues in the region. Their latest story looks at the connection between fungal networks and white oak trees. The population of eastern forests is shifting away from oak trees, and new research is uncovering a hidden reason why. 
This is the Allegheny Front Environment Update. I'm Carol Holsapel. White oaks are important for making things like bourbon barrels and for forest ecology. And the Allegheny Front's Julie Grant spoke with a researcher who says we should look down to understand the future of these forest giants. When you walk across the ground, you don't realize how much diversity is below ground. Hi, Kara. Yeah, Jared DeForest is a professor of ecosystem ecology at Ohio University, and he studies the forest floor, the soils, and the mycorrhizal networks underneath. What are those? Well, some mushrooms, or fungi, decompose litter like fallen leaves and logs in the forest. Others have beneficial symbiotic relationships with certain trees. Pretty much 90% of all land plants are associated with some type of mycorrhizal species. Wow. And what does that mean for forests? Well, the forest says they don't really know a lot about it yet. There are questions like, are the trees helping each other, communicating about things like disease? What they do know is that these networks are all around us. Actually, one of the common uh, in this area is our rusalas. They're red caps. You'll see them. Those are mycorrhizal. And now researchers think they understand that different trees are connected with two different types of mycorrhizal networks, the ectomycorrhizal and the arbuscular mycorrhizal. What's the difference, Julie? Well, the forest explains that the arbuscular mycorrhizal, which are connected with maples, tulip poplars, and black gum trees, are considered scavengers. Arbuscular mycorrhizal species, those leaves decompose fast. And so what they're all about is scavenging that stuff up, making things more nutrient-rich, speeding up the cycling of nutrients, and then they can grow bigger and faster. While the other type, the ectomycorrhizal, is associated with oaks and hickories, which are considered miners. Those are the ones that actually slow down decomposition. So they mine out the, the nutrients and they suck it up. So these these systems are actually nutrient poor, but it's good for the ectomycorrhizal. They want to keep it nutrient poor because that's what they do best. So if a forest is clear-cut for lumber or to manage trees, what grows back depends partly on the soil. In poor soil, you're more likely to get oaks. In the more nutrient-rich soil, he says the little seedlings of arbuscular mycorrhizal species would be more likely to do better. So what kind of research is DeForest himself doing in our region? Well, in his own research, DeForest has looked at how power production impacts forests. Pollution and climate change are factors. Coal produces a lot of uh, nitrogen and nutrients actually fall from the sky. That it's altered the soil condition to make it more nutrient-rich. And the more nutrient-rich soils are, it favors those scavenger, um, abuscular mycorrhizal species like maple. Also in this area, due to climate change, it's getting wetter. And that's also one of these contributing causes because oaks, beech, pines, they do really good on dry sites, um, but now things are getting wetter, and maples, tulip poplar, do a little bit better on wetter sites. So what does this all mean for the future of oaks in forests? Well, the forest and others are predicting that we'll see more maples in the forests and declining numbers of oaks. We'll still have oaks, but it's not going to be as dominant as what it was 100 years ago. Thanks, Julie. Thank you, Kara. The Allegheny Front's Julie Grant has more on how advocates, foresters, and the government are working on white oak regeneration in forests. That's at AlleghenyFront.org. That's the Allegheny Front Environment Update. I'm Kara Holsapel. The Allegheny Front is based in Pittsburgh and reports on regional environmental news. This is West Virginia Morning. I'm Teresa Wills. It's 751. 
areas of fog this morning becoming mostly sunny except the eastern panhandle where they'll have mostly cloudy skies with a chance of rain and gusty wind. High temperatures today in the 50s and 60s. Tonight, partly cloudy, chance of rain in the eastern panhandle, lows in the 40s. Support for the weather forecast is provided by the attorneys at Torres Save a Law, representing firefighters, police officers, and West Virginia families. Information at TorresSaveAlaw.com. J.D. Vance's Hillbilly Elegy remains one of the most talks about views of Appalachia, but it isn't the only one. Ohio poet Sarah Moore Wagner has released Hillbilly Madonna, a book of poems that celebrates hope and resilience in the experience of Appalachian women. Inside Appalachia's Bill Lynch spoke with Wagner about her book. First off, the the title of the book, you know, Hillbilly Madonna. So why that particular title? Well, it was the title of a poem first, which was one of the first poems that I wrote for this manuscript. And um, it was basically the poem is about, you know, being a little girl and looking up at the sky and seeing kind of the fireflies. It was about then, you know, in the poem, the narrative of the poem, the fathers come and take the girls out of the field where they're kind of surrounded by nature and they come to this realization that someday they're going to be mothers. The overwhelming pressure of that, perhaps. And so I thought that that kind of encapsulated the collection as a whole because, I mean, when we think about women in particular, there's that dichotomy of being either you know, the holy Madonna or the the degenerate, broken Mary Magdalene type figure. And this book is about women. It's about opioids. It's about generational trauma. And what I really wanted to do is to illustrate that people can be broken and still be holy and pure. And, you know, that there it's not that sort of strong um, opposite thing that's often put on women in particular. Tell me a little about uh, where you came from and even how you got to this book. I was actually born in Columbus, but my parents are from um, Parkersburg, West Virginia and Jackson, Ohio area. And they both relocated in their teens, which is when they got pregnant with me. My mother, when she was 14, um, her mo- she was involved in a big crime that like marked Parkersburg of her mother and grandmother being murdered. Um, and she was the one to kind of run from that and escape. And then a couple years later, I was born. To me, I've always lived with this overhanging shadow of trauma and of women kind of surviving and not surviving. When I wanted to write a book about my childhood, my parents also divorced when I was really young, like um, two. And so I wanted to write about my mother and father's different landscapes that I come from and the, the, the idea of coming from the hills and 
that, that my father often went back to. So I would spend summers with my father and I'd be, he loved Logan, Ohio and Tar, Tar Hollow State Park is where we spent a lot of our time. And so I felt kind of pulled between these two different worlds. The book came from me wanting to explore my childhood, but then also thinking about the ways in which people, everyone who is from Ohio or West Virginia or anywhere really knows people who've fallen into opioid addiction and have lost children and their lives. So I wanted to explore that with women in particular, because that's something that's close to me too. Your poems in this book cover a lot of ground, childhood, family, addiction, trauma, place. Where do you start with with this kind of collection? I mean, how does this, something like this kind of come together? Where does it begin? Place was so important to me in this because I felt like landscape is so tied to our identity. And there are a lot of writers that explore that, how connected to your body, the, the places that you are familiar with are. And so I would go to the places of my childhood. So I spent a lot of time in Jackson and in Tar Hollow and in uh, all the places that I spent a lot of time in my childhood trying to explain and make the the landscape part come to life in this book, because I think you can't really understand a person without understanding the places that they come from or spring from. It's difficult to not mention Ohio and Appalachia without J.D. Vance coming into the picture at some point. How do you feel like this book has the conversation from Hillbilly Elegy? I, I didn't think about Hillbilly Elegy when um, I made the title Hillbilly Madonna, which is, might be funny to to hear. But I mean, J.D. Vance and I have very similar stories. We have very, you know, we both grew up as the children of relocated Appalachians, spent time of our summers back in our family's hometown. I even have a grandma named, that I call Mima who threatens to shoot people, you know, <laughs> we have similar upbringings, but I think the difference for me is, you know, his book is called Hillbilly Elegy. That's dead, you know, and he clearly wrote this book as we can see now for political purposes as a stepping stone in his own political career. And he's not just telling his story. He's explaining for Paul, all of the rest of the country, exactly what these people are without really having lived there much, you know, and without, I think pretty much everyone who comes from the places that he's describing is, says that's not who I am. I did not want to speak for a community. I wanted to speak my story and my understanding of the women that I know and myself and and just tell the story to say, okay, here's a little, this is what you think women are like in this community. Here's an example of how that might be different, you know, that it's not beyond redemption. Nobody's dead here. This is something that that can be overcome. But also, I don't I don't have a desire to uh, use that to get power, you know. And I think that's where he's coming from. Is I'm going to use all this information so that I can put myself in a position of power as an authority, an expert. And I don't think that hillbillies or Appalachia at all is just a hum- homogenized thing that you can easily explain in one book. The book is Hillbilly Madonna by Sarah Moore Wagner. Sarah. Thank you very much. Thank you. More of this interview is in the most recent episode of Inside Appalachia. You can also listen Sunday morning at 7 and Sunday evening at 6 on West Virginia Public Broadcasting. (laughs) 
West Virginia Morning is a production of West Virginia Public Broadcasting, which is solely responsible for its content. You can keep up with the latest West Virginia news throughout the day on our website, wvpublic.org. Caroline McGregor is our assistant news director, and she produced today's show. I'm your host, Teresa Wills. This is West Virginia Morning. WVPB Charleston, WVBY Beckley, WVBL Bluefield, WVPW Buchanan, WVWV Huntington, WVEP Martinsburg, WVKM Matewan, WVPM Morgantown, WVPG Parkersburg, WVDS Petersburg, WVWS Webster Springs, WVNP Wheeling.